Welcome to the Zulu Fox Photo Podcast, a weekly discussion of photography and related ideas. On this week's show, I'm going to give you a little background on who I am and why I wanted to start a podcast. Let's get to the show. Hi, I'm Mike, the guy behind Zulu Fox Photo. Why Zulu Fox Photo, you ask? Well, it's kind of a long story why I chose that name. Part of it is I'm a veteran, so the Zulu Fox kind of idea um, has a military sort of connotation to it. It's a common phrase you hear. I won't really go into what it means, but uh, just understand that fun, but a lot of it's just because the way I do photography, the way I approach photography is, I mean, there are rules to photography, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow all of them. Anyways, I started in the 90s shooting film because that's all there was when I was a kid, and so, uh, I, you know, there was a lot of disposable cameras, you know, finding cameras in my parents' uh, closet, and that's where I got kind of the bug. I liked taking pictures, but I never really thought about doing it, you know, for anything on purpose, you know, just shooting around just having fun uh you know taking pictures of friends family things like that and so anyways my my interest kind of peaked when i was young but i never really followed it up or took anything really too serious about it and then of course around the early 2000s i went ahead and went digital just like everybody else i remember my first little digital point and shoot i saved up for a little while to pick the thing up from sears i don't remember somewhere like that it was just on a shelf somewhere before anybody well before i knew anything really about photography camera with me everywhere i took pictures of all kinds of stuff as you know most people do and um you know took pictures again of friends you know just gatherings and stuff while i was in the air force and the one thing that really kind of stuck with me about the digital was one day at my apartment we got struck by lightning and it shut off my computer and that's where all my all my pictures were saved and so when i got the computer back up and running the magic smoke came out of the hard drive and i lost everything i lost two to three years worth of pictures and i had no way to get them back no recovery no nothing there was no external hard drives none of that so it was just gone and i was you know i wasn't disillusioned with photography at that point i just kind of i just fell out of it and so i didn't really do anything else with it until a couple of years ago and when that did happen and as usual life got busy i didn't have time for a lot of hobbies and things like that so i did take pictures a little bit i went to the i got deployed a couple of times to uh, the middle east in 2003, 2004, around in there. And I took a bunch of pictures just mostly to document the stuff that was going on, not like war photography or anything, but just more my day-to-day life and just taking pictures of friends and those, you know, while we were doing work, just as a way to like remember it. I mean, really that's what photography needs to be about is the things you want to remember. And so that's why I brought a camera along. And again, it was a little digital camera and, you know, point and shoot, nothing special. Uh, I took some Images that were mostly snapshots and just things that I, you know, knew that I wanted to maintain and keep track of. So then we'll fast forward a couple of years to 2018 and, you know, now I've got a family and uh, my daughter was getting a little older and she was showing interest in photography and somebody at work had posted that they had a couple of film cameras for sale. And so I offered to buy them for her or at least, you know, get them for her and she accepted and but in the meantime, I, of course, took the opportunity to play with them. Like, I didn't even know that you could still buy film, where you would buy film, where you would get the developing done. The usual questions that everybody comes up to and asks me now. And with that, I found that you could still buy the film at Walmart, of all places. And so I got a couple rolls, loaded the cameras up, didn't know anything about them, hadn't shot film in forever, especially not even a, an SLR at this point. I barely even knew what an SLR was. I did a lot of YouTubing. And got the cameras loaded, did my first, what I thought was my first roll at a uh, a friend's house, shooting some pictures, and then I got it out, 
and realized that I had loaded the film improperly and, and hadn't advanced. I knew that once the uh, film counter got past what the capacity of the film was, since the canister was a 24 shot. And once I started getting about 30, I knew something was up. Anyways, I knew to better check the, uh, the film loading at that point and check to see that the, as you advance, that the film, film winder is spinning. So anyways, lessons learned. That's the beauty of film is it's, it is a little forgiving though. So, this, so anyways, that led on to more cameras and more buying of cameras. I really kind of got bit by the bug. Not so much. I enjoyed the photography piece of it that I was starting to get into, but uh, the secondary part of that was the gear that you could collect. And I'm kind of a gear nut. So being able to have access to some of the best film cameras that were ever made, and they were cheap. You can go on eBay any day now, and you can buy cameras that are originally eight, nine hundred dollars. You know, now you can get them for four bucks, depending on what you're looking for. Anyways, I picked a couple up. Um, ironically, a few of them were broken, so I did what anybody else would do. I went on YouTube to see how to fix them, and I found that a lot of the stuff to fix was really pretty easy if you were kind of handy. And I used to race RC cars, so working on small electronics was not that big of a deal. And mostly it was just being willing to open the camera up and, you know, not being afraid of what was going to happen if you screwed something up. And a lot of these cameras I was working on were like 20, 30 bucks. So I really wasn't out much if I wanted to go ahead and try and fix it. I didn't really have a lot to lose. On top of that, I found that I was actually pretty good at fixing the Canon squeal, which is if you know the Canon AE1s, A1s, AE1 programs, the, uh, the mirror lifter gets a little dried out and it makes a, a squealy noise whenever you take a picture it's not really detrimental it can be it can slow the shutter down a little bit but it turns out it's actually really easy to fix so i made a pretty decent little side business out of going and finding these quote-unquote broken cameras and fixing the squeals on them and then turning around and selling them and that's that's kind of what funded my photography habit in the meantime i was going on youtube and reading as much as i can and watching as much as i can about how to take better pictures if I was going to have all these cameras around, I might as well use them. I mean, that's what they were meant for. That's what I did. I bought and sold cameras. I fixed them. I would, uh, you know, shoot as much film as I can get my hands on. Because luckily I have a shop here in town that would do the developing for me. And on the side of that, I would fix cameras for them that they had for sale and trade them for the film processing. And which, that's often the most expensive part of shooting film these days is getting it processed. I mean, you shoot one roll. And it's ten dollars to get it, you know, get it developed, scanned, so you can actually do something with the pictures versus getting them printed or even just getting them printed. At first, I was taking them to Walmart, and then it was a, it was a mail off the roll, and you get it back in like a week. But it was just the CD, and you get your negatives back. They didn't do any color shot. It really wasn't a great product, but it worked in a pinch. And then taking it to have a lab do it was a lot better. And now. Also, there's a lot of places you can mail off your film to that are actually like quality labs that will do great work with your film. Anyways, that's a little background into how I got started in selling cameras and fixing cameras and taking pictures. And the photography piece is really starting to take over for the fixing the gear. And I still fix gear. Uh, I don't focus on it as much. I don't troll as much eBay looking for broken cameras. Every once in a while, I'll take a peek and see what's out there. And if something really catches my eye, I'll go ahead and snap it up and then go ahead and flip that camera. But, you know, I pretty much fixed every camera they had broken over at the camera store, so I, I burned through my credit pretty quick, bringing in rolls and rolls and rolls of film. But it's nice to kind of look back on those rolls and, like, see how my skills progressed in composition and, you know, metering the light, picking for the highlights, picking for the shadows, and just 
you know, becoming a better photographer. And I know I still have a long way to go and I'm doing this seriously for two years. And so that's, again, part of why I want to start this podcast. Cause I want to keep talking about my progression as a photographer, my progression as an artist, even if you will, to really manipulate the light and what I'm seeing through the viewfinder and hopefully encourage you to get out there and shoot and shoot film, not be afraid of film. But if you shoot digital, I mean, digital, this, the concept's still the same. D- digital does have the advantage of the instant feedback, which is nice. So you can kind of toy, you know, play around with different settings. You can see what happens if I adjust my ISO up, ISO up and down. You know, if I shoot a wider aperture versus a narrow aperture, what does it do to my depth? You know, shutter speeds and like how you want to freeze motion versus having a little bit of blur. So that's, I believe it's a it's a valuable tool, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that film is superior to digital. I believe they're both useful tools, and you should use the tool that you have available to you. If all you have is a little digital point-and-shoot, go out and shoot the digital point-and-shoot. If you have a iPhone, go shoot the iPhone. If you've got a $2,000 Canon 5D Mark IV, then more power to you. Go out and take great pictures. Because it's not the camera that makes the picture, it's the person behind it. And that's the part that I've been trying to focus on, is my skills as the photographer, not so much about the gear. I do still love the gear, though. Don't get me wrong. Anyways, I moved on from just shooting for fun to getting a chance to shoot family pictures for some friends of mine at church. And that's the best way, I think, or and I've even heard, that if you want to maybe turn a little bit of a hobby into a business, is you start asking friends and family, you know, because there's not much to lose. They don't, I don't want to say they don't expect much from you, but they might be a little more forgiving if you have a few mistakes or if you're not quite to where you know, a professional quote unquote photographer might be. And, you know, if they're willing to pay you 20 or $30 to spend 20 minutes to shoot some pictures, I mean, more power to you. Or if you want to do it for free, do it for free. There's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, that's how I started. And it was shooting stuff at church. It was shooting stuff for my friends. And it just became something that one, I'm becoming known for. So that's good. But it's not a full-time job for me. It probably won't be a full-time job for me. I have a full-time job, and but I enjoy doing it. And if my friends get some value out of it and I get some value out of it, then I think that's a great trade-off. I think that leads me into my final point that I'm going to try and bring up today. And it's, I have, I have it written down here. The one saying is, it's all about the gear, which photography is great about the gear. There's more gear than you could ever even hope to accumulate. It's a hundred and something year old, hobby, profession, whatever you want to call it. And there's been multiple gear manufacturers, camera makers, filmmakers, all kinds of stuff. And then the great thing was a lot of this stuff was really built to last. So I mean, it's not uncommon to go out and pick up a camera from the 1930s and it still works just fine. And so it's really easy to get lost in trying to accumulate all that gear because it's really easy to get lost in the gear. And the, the, the next piece of gear is what's your photography that much better. And then I kind of thought, I fell into that trap at the beginning, and it was all about finding the best SLR, finding the best lenses, finding the best film stocks, and and it really came down to, if you're not taking good pictures, the camera's not going to take a good picture for you. It's it's really just a light-proof box that holds your film, and exposes that film to the light when you press the shutter button. So if what's in front of your camera isn't that interesting, or is not well-composed, or it's metered incorrectly, or you misjudge the light... Like, you're probably not going to get a good picture no matter what you use. And so that brings me to my next point. It's not about the gear. The gear is just the tool that permits the photographer to realize his or her vision in what they want the photo, the photo to be 
what they're the emotion they're trying to convey, the story they're trying to tell with their photos. And really, again, like if you think that if you go out and buy a three thousand dollar SLR that you're gonna instantly be taking the same kind of pictures that you see, you know, a professional like Peter McKinnon or Chris Howe or, you know, those are the first two that come to mind. Any of those guys take, I mean yeah, you might get one or two, and those guys just have constant practice, and that's really what it comes down to. Pick out a piece of gear, pick out a camera. If you want to go film, go film. If you want to go digital, go digital. Buy the best you can afford, and just go out and shoot it. Don't worry about what the next piece is, or what the next camera you'd like is, or what the next you know step up is. Like if you're shooting an AE1, don't be you know trying to go get an F1 or you know a bigger, higher professional end SLR thinking that it's going to make your photos that much better. You just need to practice. You need to get to where you're good at one camera. You're good at understanding what the light's doing, what, where the, even just down to where the buttons are and what the switches do and being able to compose a shot without taking your eye away from the viewfinder and just feeling your way through the photo. And just the, the camera should become an extension hand. And it's just a way to bring the shot in and to tell that story. And that's really what matters is you're telling a story with your photography, whether it's capturing snapshots of a, of a family vacation or, a, a, you know, a birthday party or Christmas, or if you're shooting pictures for a friend because they want some, you know, senior photos or a wedding or, you know, family pictures, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, just go out and shoot, just shoot, 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 shoot. That, again, the beauty of digital is you can do that. You can go out and take a million pictures, and it doesn't really cost you that much, except for the cost of the camera up front. And the you know, film is a little more, a little more expensive to go experiment with. But all in all, it's not that much more expensive when you when you figure you're getting the camera for way less money, and you can afford to go ahead and spend ten, fifteen, twenty dollars on developing for two or three rolls, and really take a look and see what it is you're getting back, so you can understand what the light's doing, you can understand how the film stocks work. So that would be my recommendation is just go out, get one camera, one film stock, shoot that film stock, shoot that camera until you become really comfortable with it, that it's just second nature. I mean, I've shot a commercial shoot of a, of a car, a really nice Corvette on, you know, drugstore film, if you will, like Fuji Superior 400 with a Canon AE1 program, which is not a professional setup by any stretch of the imagination. But the customer was over the moon with how the pictures turned out. And it was just, and I was in it for 20, 30 bucks. I mean, it was a camera that I probably had laying around in my collection and just went and picked up some film at Walmart and called it a day. And the pictures came out great because I took good pictures. And it's some of my better work and it was early on. But the customer was happy. The guy that I was shooting the pictures for, he was really happy with how it turned out. Blew it up to poster size. Everything was great. Was it the camera? No. Was it the film? A little bit, since you know I had to save it onto the film. But ultimately, it came down to me composing the shots. And so that's what part of photography is: is it's still you. It's still your choice. Still you making the making the decision to to open that shutter and expose that film or expose that sensor and capture that light. So it's on you. It's not the gear. So just relax about the gear understand that you know your first couple of rolls your first couple of memory cards aren't going to be great but you know it's it's practice it's like anything else you're going to get better just don't be afraid to go out there and take the picture just go ahead whatever you want to shoot just go ahead and shoot it so anyways i hope this was helpful and i hope this was a good intro podcast and kind of just how i feel and who i am and 
what I'm looking to accomplish. I think I'm going to try and put one of these out every Wednesday and uh, go for a week, week to week kind of format. What I hope to do is um, bring out some like tips for buying cameras. If you want to know about what to look for when you're going to buy a used camera, especially old film cameras, because there's a lot of things that can be kind of finicky about it. I hope to talk more about my thought on what photography is and what photography can be, it could be for you. And hopefully you want to join me for that conversation. Um, I hope to also interview soon a couple of working photographers in the area and, you know, kind of listen to their story and see how they got to where they are and what they recommend. If this is something you want to kind of turn into a career or if you want to take it a little bit beyond the hobby and shooting the snapshots and, you know, ways that you can improve your photography. And then finally, you know, I'll do a little bit of gear review because, um, you know, there's I, I am still passionate about the gear. I love the feeling of an old film camera and one that works and just sounds right and just feels right. So that's what I'm hoping to do. But anyways, thanks for coming along to this first ever podcast. Hopefully it sounds good. And I would love if you would leave me some feedback, if you would uh, hit the subscribe button or at least give me a, a quick rating on iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to this at. Um, Hopefully more to come here pretty soon. Again, I'm going to try and get out every week. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button and we'll chat at you later. This is Mike with Zulu Fox Photo. See ya.